Hey, my name is Alyssa Wolf, and as a chronic pain specialist, I am on a mission to empower you to tackle your chronic pain naturally by uncovering hidden truths about pain and exposing the deeper cause. I aim to help you transform your relationship with pain because you've been in this relationship for long enough and you deserve better. You just need a little help to get out of it. And that is what the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast is all about. I'll be busting pain management myths, teaching you some of the mind-blowing neuroscience of pain, and help you overcome some of the roadblocks that are keeping you from seeing real, long-term improvements in pain. Stick with me, and in no time, you'll learn the keys to breaking up with stubborn pain so you can get back to doing what makes you, you, and living your fearless and fulfilling life. So if you have chronic pain and are looking for no fluff, natural, science-backed pain relief solutions, pull up a seat and get cozy because you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have a special guest with me. I have Carrie Van, and she is an exercise physiologist with many years of uh, experience with treating uh, various different pain conditions and uh, experiencing Pilates and aquatic exercise and all those other types of movement. Um, her focus is on helping people feel better and move better, which is which is awesome. Um, and and focusing on preventing injury and managing pain through movement. So she is also the host of the Better Than a Pill podcast, which I love the name of the podcast. And she's the founder of the Movement Craft Coaching Program. And so it is an honor to have Carrie join me here today on the show. So welcome. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here today. So excited to have this conversation. So first of all, you know, you've, you've somehow come into this world. So what brought you here? What's your background in what got you into the whole exercise science sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've always been a natural mover and this goes back to age four when my mom decided that uh, she needed to do something with me because I was moving a lot. Um, and she thought I was hyperactive, whatever you want to call it. And so she put me in a creative movement class and I loved it. And that's where my first, um, movement, you know, began. And, and then I got involved with things like dance and so forth. So I just love to move. Um, and during this journey, I came into, um, pain in my body at a very young age. You know, I started having problems with my feet in high school, mm -hmm. um, due to dancing and, and so forth. And, um, I didn't know what was going on and we saw, you know, a podiatrist and we saw this doctor, that doctor, and, you know, finally found out that I had a congenital disorder. I had a joint missing in my foot, a tarsal coalition. And, um, and so that kind of spurred things. I, you know, went to physical therapist. So I, at a young age, you know, this is going back to high school, became pretty curious about finding out how to manage pain in my own body. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, just went on to college. I, I continued with dancing, uh, with a minor until my feet gave out. Okay. Pretty much. And, um, and then I was forced to get special braces for my feet, UCBLs. I had to wear hiking boots, but I still kept moving and I found ways to do that. And then I started studying exercise physiology. And then my path, you know, took many different diversions just to get solutions, not only to the feet, but, um, with me, with movement, I went through all phases. I abused movement over, over exercise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I had to deal with, you know, repercussions to that. And it was just finding, um, a balance in, in my own movement and, 
and 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 finding ways to do that. And that led me to um, study the fascia release techniques that I teach, the therapeutic Pilates that I teach. Um, and you know, I studied a lot of other stuff as well. And I incorporate all of that in there because it helped my body. And I began to attract people into my world um, as I became a practitioner where um, they were also having problems with, with pain or or injury and wanted to avoid injury. And so that's kind of a, a short note of where I began and how, where I, how I ended up here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you actually had to deal with pain from a very young age. And I'm curious because a lot of people who struggle with pain struggle with the, well, lots of different features of that, but like the identity issue, like losing your identity, but also like navigating the healthcare system. And at such a young age, what was that experience like you know, in terms of trying to have to figure it all out. Like, I'm sure there was a lot of times where you felt like you were, your pain wasn't getting taken seriously because if you're so young, like, why should you be in pain kind of thing? Like what was kind of your experience with, with that side of things? I learned that I, I couldn't just trust the first doctor that I went to. That's mm -hmm. what I learned. I learned that I had to be my own advocate and be proactive and that's what happened until I was able to get a diagnosis, at least, at least mm -hmm. to that point. Um, and, and that stuck with me. And I have also, again, this, you know, went into even, I remember, I'll tell you a couple of things. Um, I remember this was in, in, I don't know, graduate school or something. I was at, um, seeing a doctor, well-known doctor at, um, John Hopkins, um, medical center. And it was for an issue with my feet. And, and, you know, at that point just had some questions and I remember leaving there in tears, just mm -hmm. crying because I had questions and, and his, his mannerisms were so harsh and just, you know, it, it was just, it, it, it didn't answer any of the questions that I really had, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I just felt kind of like, okay, well now what? And so that's kind of like a turning point for me where I felt like I could get so much information in terms of podiatrist, physical therapist, and orthopedic physicians. Mm -hmm. And then I began to kind of delve elsewhere and in, in, in kind of um, found some holistic practitioners as well and along the way and kind of just, I would say in a nutshell, I had to be proactive and, and, yeah. and think, think outside the box. Yeah. At some point, it's the, that's the same kind of like journey that I see a lot of my clients dealing with and going through is that like at some point they have that turning point or that moment where they realize like, okay, the healthcare system is not going to give me what I'm really looking for because I keep hitting the same wall over and over again with them not getting the answers and getting the gaslighting kind of the mannerisms, like implying that this is all in your head or something like that. Like they keep hitting that wall. And at some point there's that realization of like, I need to step outside of this healthcare system. If I want to get, if I want to get anywhere, <laughs> you know, um, and so, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, when it takes, sometimes it takes so some people so long to reach that point, unfortunately, because we value so heavily our medical system. When we, we keep our doctors like on this high pedestal, we trust them, but, um, but yeah, at some point that turning point seems to happen in a lot of stories and a lot of journeys, but how did that I'm like curious about like how that felt in terms of like, I don't know, like how it affected your identity or like, did they, did you have end up like questioning 
your pain or your condition prior to making that switch, you know, outside of the healthcare system? Were you um, at all like feeling like, you know, obviously you felt like you weren't being taken seriously, but like, what was that effect on you personally? And like, did it feel traumatizing at all or feel like, you know, was that part of your journey? Yes. I will say that I learned, um, like I said, at a young age, the doc, the doctors were, they could be harsh and, um, they, they made a call of a matter of fact, like, well, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life, or you're going to, you're, you're not going to be able to do this, you know, in that. And, and it was just really black or white. And, um, and, and I felt, I also, you know, that being said, as I kind of grew with that, I, the information I received along the way was all valuable to some degree. So mm-hmm. from the orthopedic standpoint, you know, we always talk about surgery, no surgery, in my case happened to be no surgery would be better. Um, the idea of a UCBL, um, you know, one doctor saying that you're going to have to wear a UCBL for life. And so in my mind at a young age, you're thinking, so I'm only going to ever be able to wear hiking boots the rest of my life to cover up this big brace mm-hmm. that comes up on my ankle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, and, and here I am dancing. So there's a level of depression that comes mm-hmm. along with taking away something that you love. Um, and that happened to be something that I loved. I love to move and love to dance. And so I, um, fortunately was able to find things to replace that. And that's what, um, I think the gift was because I like to move so much that brought me to the water. It also brought me to Pilates. It brought me Mm -hmm. to things that I knew that I could do, um, protecting my joints, um, primarily my feet and, and still, and still benefit from the movement. And, um, and so, you know, the, the physical therapist I saw along the way, I learned some valuable things from then as well, but I found that the doctors, I would say there was a limit in what they could provide and what they, they knew as I began to delve deeper into, you know, retraining my own feet at, at one point with a woman I studied from, um, Imanazeki, she had a, uh, I met her at a, a, a body therapy Institute. I was studying her work and, um, and learned how that, okay, wow, this is different. And so my journey kind of progressed, you know, past even into early adulthood, I was still struggling with issues with my feet and my feet got so bad at one point that I couldn't walk. I pretty much was going to work as an exercise physiologist, taking an elevator. And I had to think to myself, oh, great. I've got to get up this flight of stairs in my house one time before the end of the day, you know? And so I called her and I said, I'm flying to New York city and I'm going to work with you directly because I need more because I don't have, you know, there's something missing. And, and it was in working with her that I was able to understand that I could actually build strength in my toes, retrain my gait and, and, and maintain my fascia and actually build function back in my feet. And yet when I saw the physical therapist that I work with that, you know, eventually was able to progress into an orthotic, by the way, out of a UCBL and share this information, they just didn't understand. There was like, there was no, there was no understanding because it's just such a different approach that they had versus what I was learning. But the things I was learning in my body were way, were a lot more helpful. <laughs> right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. it's such a journey and every experience is a learning experience. And I think that that is a good perspective to take on it. Like there's value at every, at every provider and everybody could provide you with something. Um, and it's interesting to see you go from being told that you'll be in this brace the rest of your life. Right. And then like, no, not <laughs> because it's like, almost like, Hey, I proved you wrong sort of thing. Um, which is kind of cool. You had to step outside of that system a little bit and and no doubt it, it affected your 
identity a little bit because as a dancer, you know, having to wear a clunky like brace and a boot <laughs> with like, this isn't graceful. This isn't, you know, I can't move well freely or anything like that. So like, I'm sure there was a little bit of like identity crisis that was kind of happening. Um, one of the, one of the things that I'm, I know that a lot of people struggle with in terms of when they have pain and they're restricted in their movements is this like fear of movement. Right. And so I think that, you know, as a movement specialist, as somebody who works with people to improve their movement, prevent injury and to treat pain, uh, treat injuries as, you know, using movement, there's still, I think a lot of people have that barrier of like, I'm afraid to move because X, Y, Z. Um, so, you know, A, what was your experience with any kind of like fear in terms of related to movement? And B, what was, how would you, you know, say someone should go about addressing that fear? Yeah, great question. And yes, there was fear. And, you know, just taking, for example, with my feet, I was so scared to take off my shoes when I started learning Pilates. I remember the teachers I'd work with, I say, I'm keeping my shoes on. Um, that's not really, you know, <laughs> what they expected to, <laughs> to hear. Cause that's not, you know, something they, they came across. And I'm talking about with certain exercises and things and no, you're not touching my feet. So yes, there was this fear. And, and I think that with all, all, with all fear, you know, it's kind of like I had to, for me, get to, to understand my own body more. Um, and understand and, and connect to my own body and understand what was going on. Um, and it's through my experience that I had, and it was just over time. It was over time that I was able to, um, you know, to manage that pain and build function. But um, there are many different schools of thoughts out there. And I think that, you know, it is important in working with other people today and, and knowing myself that, that we understand that everybody's coming from a different place and to honor that um, because, you know, uh, some, some fear, yes, you know, there can be fear that is, um, you know, false evidence appearing real. It's not real, you know, there it's not, you know, but there are, there is some fear that is there for a reason. And, and I think that um, it's been my experience through going in and addressing the fear and understanding what's going on with the body and understanding how I can get from point A to feeling better that I've gained confidence in my own body that I can share with other people. This is, this is what works. Mm -hmm. Um, this is what doesn't work, <laughs> you know, but still, but still honoring people where they are. Um, it's really just as simple as slowing down and learning to connect to your own body um, and, 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 and pain can have many different forms and there can be many different reasons. Um, and, and it's just knowing, getting at the root of exactly what's going on. There's a lot of pain that can go away just simply with like, you're talking about the power of our breathing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's just understanding specifically what the pain is from and what it's due to. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent, like a identifying what are the root causes? What are the underlying causes? And if, and if there is, an underlying like structural and mechanical thing going on where you're like, you know, having lots of wear and tear or, you know, a pinched nerve, you don't want to aggravate that further by just saying, screw it, let's move and like push through it because I'm supposed to move. So let's go kind of thing. And then just like exacerbating the problem. Um, but so there's, there needs to be a respect for movement in that term in in that sense. Uh, but then also, like you said, it's, it's teasing that boundary as close as you can 
um, because sometimes the fear it's a, I'm, I'm afraid that this could exacerbate my pain or that this could cause further injury when there's not as much evidence for that. Um, and so, yeah, so yeah, we have to kind of tease that boundary, modify movement so that it is safe from a structural standpoint. And I'm sure that's what you do <laughs> in your work with it, with people and making sure that they're moving safely within their physical abilities um, yeah. and recognizing what those are. Cause sometimes people may not even know, like, I just, like you said, like, I don't want, don't even touch my feet. <laughs> they become very protective of it. Um, and to some extent, something that I've noticed too, is that I don't know if you've, you've noticed this as well, but you know, when, when somebody is really, really protective of a certain area, you can't force somebody to do something that they're afraid to do because it's going to exacerbate the pain pathways. Like it's just going to feed back into the whole pain pathway. So forcing it is never a good thing. Even if, even if there's, we're not concerned about a structural problem, like it's not going to exacerbate you. It's not going to injure you from a structural standpoint, but just forcing your way through it, um, only reinforces the fear and it reinforces the pain. So, um, it's a fine line, right? And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I think people should work with experts who understand movement and physiology and, you know, anatomy, um, and yeah, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, but fear, I think, is bigger than just this, like, fear of movement, right? So uh, I think there's a lot of, of fears that creep in to our, of the minds of people when you have pain. Um, I don't know if you can speak to that at all in terms of your experience or what you've seen in your clients, but, um, and how it, like, fear can kind of hold us back and prevent us from moving forward in different ways. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, fear in general, uh, just talking even outside the realm of movement can be crippling. And it it is that, you know, in my experience, I mean, I, I have fear. I have a lot of fear. And 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 that's just part of being human, in my opinion, um, for me. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that with whatever, if we just talk about fear, it is, is that um, you know, it's it's actually working through the fear. Um, that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to is that, you know, getting from point A to point B, um, sometimes that's, it's going to require that and that our tendency a lot of times, and I'll see this is for people to want to run or away or avoid the fear. And let's yeah. just say any type of growth with our bodies, with movement growth in general is extremely uncomfortable and extremely frightening. Um, so <laughs> there's only one way and it's to actually sometimes feel being uncomfortable for a little bit as you're moving yeah. through the fear. I, I don't think that there's any easy way out of fear. There isn't. And I think that we don't really know what we're capable, capable of until we dive into those fears and we begin walking through them, whether it's with our body, for example, the feet or back pain, hip pain, whatever it is, or if it's, you know, something else, because everything is connected as you know, the mind and the body, they're not separate. And I think that's really at the forefront of what I learned about even my own body. And that was in another piece, which I talked about through slowing down mm -hmm. because I didn't like to slow down. And I'll, and I'll honestly say this by nature, I am type a, I am high strong. And 
I ha- I believe in God. I have a a a pretty big faith, and and God only gets my attention through pain, and so He has blessed bl- <laughs> He has blessed me, Alyssa, with multiple pain issues and injuries because of this. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I guess the point I was getting to is that, you know for me to slow down and actually understand what it was like to, to connect my, my mind and body, I had to have two car wrecks and, mm. um, and then get into the place where I was really focusing on the the foundation of our movement, which is our breath, our concentration, our focus and going deep, deep into our muscles, deep into our bodies, deep into our center. And a lot of times there's emotions there and mm. um, they're stored up. And so we can feel those emotions like you've experienced. I'm sure I've had clients that do this work and then they start crying or, you yes. know, their emotions can come out. Um, and I, I, I think that, you know, it was in that slowing down piece that I really got a grasp. And that's where I really began to get even more control of my body. Yeah. So, so fear can take many different forms. And, um, I, for me, it was uh, several things, but, but slowing down, God getting my attention, um, through, through pain enough to want to understand and and have to do some things differently, things differently, because over, over, like we can abuse movement and pushing through pain. I'm a, I'm not a believer in it. And I've done it to my own body. It doesn't, doesn't serve me. And it doesn't serve anybody that I work with. So, um, yeah, there's several factors there, but hopefully I helped answer your question a little bit. I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree, you know, wholeheartedly that fear is something that it's never easy to overcome and you have to work through it sometimes to, to get from A to B. Uh, and if you don't address some of those fears, you're just going to stay at A and there's no room for growth. But anytime there's growth, there's risk involved, you know? And so that's where I think where those fears come in. And so recognizing where, where are they rooted in? What is, what is the, like the validity of it, addressing that, like naming the fear. I think all of that kind of thing, like when you kind of recognize that thing that is like holding you back or like, what is the belief? What is the thought? What is the, you know, the thing that is holding you back? It has less power because then you can choose to step forward and say, okay, I'm ready to deal with that thing now versus I'm not ready to deal with that thing right now. I don't have the tools. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the support or whatever it is to deal with that thing right now. And I'm just going to stay at A until I'm ready <laughs> to go past that. I think that that's all part of it. But um, I, I'm glad you brought up your your journey with your with faith because I think that's something that is so important that we don't talk often enough about as healthcare providers because uh, we we end up, you know, I think society either looks at us as like, you're either in the science camp and the, and the like healthcare camp, or you're in the faith camp and you can't be in either one. You can't be doing both. Um, because if you have faith, then that negates science. They don't mix. And, um, but, you know, faith is a big part of my journey. And like you mentioned, I know for you, it is as well. Um, so as far as like, just talking about it, like what is, what's been your, a little bit about your faith journey in terms of like your experience with pain. Um, and you, I know you mentioned that like it was, it was a way for God to kind of communicate with you. Um, but what has that been like? Like, I can only imagine that it would like negatively affect your faith, but I'm sure that that maybe is not true. I don't know. Oh no. So, so I think that, you know, for me, I've had to overcome a lot of adversity prior even (laughs) to, you know, to the, you know, to, to actually for, for God to get my attention in general. Um, and sometimes it's going to be different for everybody's journey. Um, I had to go through some 
some pretty rough times. And I know that we all do I mean, in this, in this life, in this world, we're going to have a lot of things that are coming at us. Um, and I will say that I am not, I'm not used to always talking like we had talked about publicly about all these things, because I have been in a world, um, spend a lot of time at the Duke medical center where I kept very quiet about my faith because I was shunned upon, um, to even to, to share that unless I really knew somebody. And so, uh, yeah, you're exactly right about the division between we're either science or or faith. And and I think that it can be a combination of both. And that's, I mean, for me, it's just, a, I'm just going to say this is that, yes, I believe in the movement that I teach and, and everything. And I think it's important, but really what's most important at the end of the day and everything that trumps everything is, is my faith is um, mm-hmm. feeding my soul. Without that, really, I don't have anything. And so if we kind of clear the slate out, that that's really where I have to begin. And, and, and that's really where I have to begin even my day and revisit that a lot. Because for somebody like myself, this here, my brain can become a very bad neighborhood very quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'll just put it out there like that. And so, and I can take things back into my own hands very quickly because I like to. So the struggle is very real for me personally. I have to turn things over. Um, I'm, um, you know, as I develop my relationship with, with God and I'm actually, um, I believe in Jesus, um, and, and so forth. And thank goodness for that because, um, I am a, a pretty big sinner. <laughs> okay. And so it's like, you know, it's exciting to know that, um, you know, that I, I don't have to, to be perfect. Yeah. Um, I can make mistakes. I can learn from mistakes. Um, I can have a, a relationship with God where I can get get guidance um, and 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 know that I don't have to have all these answers. I really don't know how to to navigate it without without that. I mean, it's and I you know again I want to pull away from God very easily. I can and I have to come back to it. I have to keep a discipline of um, you know practicing gratitude. Um, I have twin boys that are eleven and we. We say what we're grateful for at the end of the day, because I want them to understand how important that is. Um, you know, we don't get our, our self-worth from our achievements, from all of these things. It goes, it goes deeper than that. And, um, and that, you know, entail transfers to the clients that I'm working with. Um, everybody's going to be at a different place. And, it, you know, I just encourage people to start, to start with some level of connection, whatever that may be, maybe coming in from different places. And um, expanding upon that, because like I said, I feel, I really feel that that is the most important part of our wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think spirituality is, it is a big piece of, of overall wellness in general. And like, if we're not, you know, connecting in that way, then that can be a huge part where you don't feel well, you know, and it can affect your health and your health can affect your spirituality. And, and that's the thing that I often think about that people, might be struggling with is, is the fact of like, if God is good, then why would he give me pain? And, and so I, I, you know, you mentioned that God gave you pain, but like, how has that been a part of your journey and feeling like, you know, pain has been a part of your journey and your calling in a sense, um, has that brought you closer to God or further away from God? a hundred percent closer. And it's not only now I feel like the pain, whether it was my feet, my back, my hips, my knees, or whatever, the neck, whatever it was, <laughs> I feel like those are now gifts 
because mm. in each experience, I learned a lot of things through being proactive and finding solutions that I can now share with, with other people. There's right. so much value in that. And that that's exciting to me. So that I feel that God has called me to serve people in this manner. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's only been through my experience and saying, wow, this is, this, this works, you know, this person, this is helping them. And, and that's, that's where I've gained the most confidence. And that's just been over a series of years, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, wow. And, and, and so it's a gift. And I feel, um, that I may have wanted to run away from the gift because when we have the fear again, we want to run. And yes, I have tried that. Um, but God has always brought me back to the place where he's like, no, you really have a lot to share here. You, you have a lot to offer. So it's more of now I feel like almost a ministry in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is exactly. And I, I think I, I, I can relate in a lot of ways because that's similar to my story. Like, I feel like everything that has happened in my path has been kind of choreographed by God and like the good things and the bad things, like all of the times where I'm like, God, this sucks. I don't understand why you're doing this to me. And I blame him, even though it might not be him. <laughs> I never, you know, you never know if God gave you pain or he's just using the pain to guide your path. Um, but it's interesting, you know, hearing your story and hearing how you started off as a young girl in love with movement. And then like, you know, I feel like it's just a beautiful story in that like, I feel like God is the one who made you. He made you the way you are, loving, lover of movement. And then in order to become a healer, he used your pain and that experience to get you to help heal other people, which I think is just a beautiful story. And I think I know, you know, anyone listening might be hearing your story and hear you say like pain is a gift and be like, no, I can't agree with that. <laughs> you know, like maybe that's not where they're at right now. And it's hard to have that perspective when you're in those kinds of like low moments, but I, I do really, I completely can like agree with a lot of what you're saying, especially when seeing that journey in the people that I work with, where when they get on the other side of pain, um, can kind of live out what they were meant to do in this world. You know, like when you overcome that and whether that means that you're a school teacher or you're um, maybe you, I don't know, like there's so many things that you can do that provide that like positive part of the world, but pain is kind of like the thing holding you back. And so, uh, I think everybody has their journey and their path, um, whatever you believe in, <laughs> whether that's the same God we're talking about or somebody else, you know, the universe, like it's, we all have like our paths and we respect that everybody has different beliefs and that's okay. Um, but it's, it's, I think for those who have struggled with their faith, it's good to have these kind of conversations to share this because, you know, that's been your experience. That's been my experience. And that's what I've seen with a lot of people on this journey is that God can use it for good, whatever that is. And that doesn't make him a bad guy. He doesn't mean that he gave you the pain. Right. But I think, yeah, it's just been, it's been interesting for me to see all of that kind of in my experience of working with people in this, in the chronic pain population. So, um, so yeah, um, well, I think this was a very interesting conversation and getting into lots of different topics today um, and, and getting to hear your story has been really interesting. And I think a lot of people can relate to it, but um, but now that you're on the other side of pain, you're, you're helping people with pain, um, we wanna hear a little bit more about your program and how you help people. So tell us a little bit about your, your stuff, what you do. Oh, 
Sure. So, so I think that where I feel I'm really gifted at this point is that um, helping people with safe options when it comes to their exercise. And, and, and I believe that there are pillars of pain-free movement. And I, and I think that it's very individualized. I think a lot of people come in and, you know, I've, they're coming from different places. Well, there are certain things we need to do to avoid neck pain. Okay. Uh, there are things we need to do to help with, with our backs. Um, so, so, you know, and there's things that we also need to avoid. And I think that it's knowing what those things are and knowing the individual you're working with and being able to, to progress them accordingly, because not every, um, movement is good for everybody. Not every position is good for everybody. And it's understanding those things, honoring that and, also making wise choices when it comes to our movement. A lot of the things that I teach are designed to help sustain our body so that we can move more, right? But then we go to move more and, 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 you know, I, I love to, to talk to people about this is that running may not be the best choice for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't run. And I, most of the people I work with tend not to either. Okay. Maybe you're gifted and you can run, but you know, I'm looking at more joint friendly options. So walking, water, walking, water running how okay that is the one place that i do run is in the water <laughs> you know looking at you know things that we can do to to enjoy movement you know to get movement into our lives and because movement is is healing on many levels like we need to move i call it overall movement whatever you want to call it cardiovascular exercise um could be what you want to call it that's good for clearing our minds lowering anxiety uh, dealing with depression. So that just movement and not having to really do anything else, but move can be, you know, so beneficial. And then again, implementing the work that sustains that movement is, is key. So really what I like to do is help people know that they can integrate these tools into their lifestyle, into their life in pieces so that they have the total picture that they have all the tools they need to, to, to manage pain and prevent injury because pain can come back at, you know, my pain is not completely healed. I'll have different things come my way and I'm always learning, but then, you know, a lot of times this boils down to like, Oh, I'm not doing my homework. Oh, you know, I know, you know, for myself, I need to do certain things in order to, to, for example, go back to the feet. I need to, to maintain, um, you know, a, a foot fascia regimen for my, my feet. And I encourage other people to do too, or otherwise I'm going to have problems. Okay. So mm -hmm. it can be as simple things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so like we had talked about before, there's a lot of things that we can do for our bodies with movement. And, and like we talked on, on our together in the past is that, yes, there may be other things that you need as well. Right. So that at some point, you know, you know, the movement still is going to be helpful, but you know, if you're having, for example, with a lot of people you work with the chronic pain, then delving into other avenues, I think is key as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, getting after whatever the underlying causes are, because it's, I think that's one of the downsides. I think of our world, our, our culture is that in our society, a lot of people are always asking me like, or like looking for the one cause of like, what, what's the one thing I need to do? Or what's the one thing I need, you know, what's the one thing wrong? And it's like multiple things, friends. Um, you have multiple, when you have pain, you have multiple problems that need to be addressed. And, you know, you have to go as deep as you can into those different problems. So like movement is going to be a component. We need to be addressing that component, no doubt, safely. And we need to be addressing that. We have a nervous system. We need to address that. If you have mood, uh, emotional, like 
trauma, if you have like, you know, those types of issues, the mental health side of things, addressing that separately with, a, with an appropriate therapist or provider or counselor. Um, if there's, you know, it, there's other aspects of, of pain beyond those things as well. So we just need to be identified, like nutrition, for example, if that's a component, get it, getting that on board, you know, movement isn't going to solve the nutrition problem right? <laughs> maybe exactly. a little bit, maybe a little bit, they overlap, right? But like the mental health component isn't going to solve the movement component. So like you have to have all of the pieces in place. And so you're the, you're the person for the movement component. You're, you're here to help you get that piece on board while still keeping in mind the other important pieces as well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, I like what you said is that it's not just one thing, even when it comes to our movement, it's like, okay, you know, just worked with a client, like before I got on here with you, like, okay, we're working with, let's say it was a back pain. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to work on four levels. We're going to work on connecting to those deep muscles that stabilize your body. And yeah, we're going to have to slow down now and focus on our breathing. And that can be uncomfortable. And so, you know, and then adding in um, mobility stretches, adding in fascia release, and then progressing to center, you know, whole body strength. So it's not just one thing, even when it comes to movement. And then because, you know, like, you know, when we're trying to integrate new habits, whatever they are into our life, that is now that takes a different realm. That's, you know, having somebody hold you accountable to doing mm -hmm. those things. Right. And then, and then progressing you accordingly so that you are getting those habits into your, to your life. And then they're becoming easier and then we can build upon them. And now you're seeing that you're benefiting and, yeah. <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Like you said, so, you, if you don't maintain the regimented fascia program that you do, you, you essentially pay for it. Like, it's like, it has to become the lifestyle change and a lot of support is necessary to get you to that point to, in order to do it. Otherwise it's like a diet and that people fail diets. Diets are, diets are meant to be failed. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change sort of thing where it needs to become like a part of your lifestyle, but not to a point where it's like set it and forget it because it's constantly having to be tweaked and modified as you progress and change and go through different seasons. So I guess why having like support a professional, somebody to work with, somebody to guide you in that journey is really, really important. So, um, so thank you for having this conversation today. Where, where can people uh, find you if they want to come look you up, follow you on Instagram or kind of learn a little bit more about your program and how to work with you? Where can they find you? Well, uh, movementcraft.com and I'm on all the social platforms at movementcraft as well. And then also the better than a pill podcast. I'll be sharing information there as well, too. Yes. Awesome. And we love podcasts. So go check that one out. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, awesome. We uh, love having you here today and having this good conversation and getting into some of the topics that nobody wants to talk about that are a little uneasy, <laughs> the fear and the faith issues and, and all of that. But it's good. It's good conversation. So thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. I was so glad to be here. Thank you, Alyssa. Yeah. All right, everybody have a good one. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you want to take this relationship to the next level, you can connect with me and other pain crusaders inside my private Facebook group, Battling Chronic Pain with Neuroscience, where these episodes are actually recorded live. And I'd love to hear from you. Share your questions and biggest struggles with your chronic pain recovery journey by reaching out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at Pain Crusader. Thanks again for listening and never stop learning.